Queerly Beloved. We are gathered here today for some juicy conversations about all things spiritually queer and queerly spiritual. I'm Will Fisher, and I'm a light worker, a retreat-making maven, a coach, and a drag queen. And I'll be chatting with the most amazing healers, visionaries, wizards, and witches who I can't wait for you to get to know and to learn from their epic stories and powerful practices. All right, let's get super woo together in this spiritual AF, queer AF cosmic container. And blast off. Hello, beloved. So happy to bring this new interview through. It is with Ryan Willoughby, who is a spiritual guide, a channeler, a mystic, a teacher of the esoterics. He is here to help guide and usher in the new earth. And I believe we are doing some of that work in this interview. We get super woo together. We talk about working with new moons and full moons from this framework of I am the moon and the moon is me. Ryan shares about what it was like being raised in part by a witch and connecting to these spiritual ideas from a very early age. I believe this interview will be especially helpful for folks in the personal growth and spirituality field because we talk about how to accept our clients and their journeys for exactly as they are rather than trying to fix them. To hold this dichotomy of being a beacon of light and hope for the possibility of transformation without trying to control the process. We talk about so many other interesting high level spiritual concepts. I think you're going to really enjoy this. Hello, Ryan. So good to have you on this episode of Queerly Beloved. How are you? Well, I am doing great. I'm so happy to be here with you. Yes, me too. You know, I'm so excited that we met and we were like, let's book this like next week. Let's do this. Let's do this thing. Let's keep this energy going because I, for one, felt a, a synchronized energy when, as soon as we connected. And I'm just, yeah, happy to be having this conversation with you. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. I really felt that energy and why not follow that energy, that light, keep the momentum going? I mean, I felt like we really um, had a great conversation going and I was excited to, to keep that energy flowing. So, Yes, same. So the question I love to ask interview guests right off the bat is a playful question. And that is, who are you in this moment? So, you know, we just did a little grounding meditation, but you can, you know, go back and just check back in with self and ask the question, who are you right now? And you're going to tell me who you are right now by describing the perfect drag avatar. And when I say drag avatar, it could be any form of drag. It doesn't have to be sort of, uh, you know, cross-dressing, traditional drag, just any kind of avatar that comes to mind to describe who you are in this moment. Um, ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> um, well, we find ourselves in October the week before Samhain. Um, and I was just in a recent community call just right before coming into doing this with you. And the topic and subject was portals mm. and how to cast a, how to activate a portal or whatnot. And, and we'll, maybe we'll go here or not, but there is a, a portion of my, life and growing up where I was raised Wiccan 
Mm-hmm. And, um, and about casting circles and opening up portals to be able to summon energy. So right now here in this moment and in the recent activities, it's about casting circles, summoning energy. I would say sorcerer would mm-hmm. be my drag archetype right now. Um, and the energies that I'm feeling, um, in all, in all of this, so much with the season, the month, and uh, just recents of, of topics that I've been playing in as far as consciousness. So, yeah, sorcerer yeah. or Sor- witch. I could go full drag and just be a witch. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one I'm ready to claim. <laughs> you can be the witch, I'll be the sorcerer. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I immediately saw classic witch for me, like the pointy hat like I love one of those witches hats and you know just some flowing black and um just moving I'm kind of like I just got back from Portland I'm leaving on another trip in a couple days and so I'm like you know moving through the world on my broom like around and like giving my little magic here and there where I touch down and yeah so we've got a, a sorcerer and a witch I love it. We're the week before Samhain. I love it. Yeah, and we just had the new moon. So we're also in that new moon energy. And, you know, when we were booking this, we were like, oh, and there's that new moon happening. And I'm just curious, in what ways does new moon or moon cycles, do they impact you? And and how, if at all, do you work with that energy? Yeah, I like that question. Yesterday was also a partial solar eclipse yeah that's right um and so there was a lot of energy that was coming through and moving through uh yesterday on moons moon cycles you know um i i really do come from the we are what gives anything meaning we are source, we are God, we are creator. And we are here to be able to play in archetypes. So I love your very first question because it really is, as a physical aspect, in this moment, you even say, what is it that you are showing up as? What is it that your energetic imprint is coming in as, right? And so the moon is also that. You know, we are the moon. The moon is us. Mm-hmm. And everything is just a reflection of what is going on within us. And yet, we also have moved into a physical incarnation within a specific timeline that is projected out astrologically right, that puts us into a linear timeline for that experience to be able to experience time that way. And moon is kind of like the seconds on the clock, if you will, Mm -hmm. in a a way. Um, And everything is energy. And they can represent in the cycles of the moon um, aspects of how you can play with that energy by the meaning that you give it. So, um, a new moon is can be that of new intentions of what you want to put out for what is going to come into creation as the moon continues to expand into its light. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that'd be the new moon aspect. And the full moon is working with the full aspect of all of the light and all of the energy that is, that is fully illuminated in its wholeness. And, uh, and then being able to, you could say, what do I want to offer that is no longer serving me that could be taken back into the cycle and back into the shadows to be then rejuvenated to bring back into um, aspects of what I'd like to create more of and working with the natural cycle of coming into wholeness. What do I want to release? What do I want to become? What do I want to release and working with the moon and the natural cycles of that. But again, always remembering that you are everything Mm -hmm. and that everything is you and that you are the only thing that gives anything outside of you power, whether it be the moon, whether it be your astrological chart, whether it be the crystals that you want to play with and the energy imprints that are within them, you're still that energy, but there's still tools that you can use and play with as an archetype as well. Yes. Ooh, I love that response so much. And what really clicked for me, and this might seem so simple, but it's never really set in for me. I've always understood, you know, with the new moon, we want to set new intentions. With the full moon, we want to release stuff. We want to celebrate the abundance and then release. And what clicked for me when you talked about we are the moon, the moon is us, is, yeah, that we get this opportunity in a new moon to fill in what's not there. Right. When we're setting our new intentions, it's like, okay, we have this little sliver of light. And then all the rest of that light is to come in these days, you know? And so what do we want to fill in that light with? And so then when we have the full moon, we're celebrating the abundance of what we've manifested, created. And then we're also checking in with what don't we want? Because we're going to be moving to releasing that into darkness. That's never occurred to me. And it's just super powerful and helpful frame to think about it. And then the other thing, I love talking, thinking about it as a clock. And what occurs to me is when we look at the clock in the sky, we can be thinking about how well we're doing towards manifesting that which we want to fill the new moon in with, right? In the same way that if we have a day, our day starts at 8 a.m., say, and we're, oh, I want to get this done today, and I want to have this complete, and I want to feel really good about this, then we're checking in at 1 o'clock p.m., and we're like, oh, how am I doing with my goals today? How am I doing with my productivity? It's 8 p.m. Oh, where am I at? How did I do today, right? The same way I can look at the moon and have that same relationship as I would with a clock during a day. Love it. If I... I could take it to a higher level of perspective in that as well um, is that as I'm watching the moon come into its stages as it's waxing into the full moon yes is how much am I allowing Mm -hmm. that of what I had summoned energy for the creation and how much am I integrating inwardly that then is being expressed outwardly as the mirror of the universe because the universe is essentially within us, yes. So it is that of what we are allowing ourselves to become inwardly. And it is the moon that is just allowing me to know how much of that integration 
is happening with what it's coming into rather than me looking at what do I have to achieve? How far am I, have I done it? And even then for that, how I work with my day is not to be managed by the time. Mm. And am I achieving certain things by a certain time of the day, Mm. but rather of as I set out my intentions upon waking and before my feet ever hit the floor that I've already summoned the energy for my perfect day. And for me then to flow with the intuition of what will bring me of the highest good and to know that that time is just more of how I've moved through it and what am I allowing to move to me and through me mm. as, the, as the master creator that I am, mm. that my human really is not that of what is managing anything, mm-hmm. that my human is really just the instrument and the tool that is moving through a linear time experience that is an illusion, mm-hmm. but it is really just a point and a reference as a, as a medium for the frequency of energy to move through it for an experience that I have summoned by the intention of my higher self as mm-hmm. the spirit. That's the highest level yeah, of perspective wow. um, versus the, the, the human who is working with the moon yeah. and summoning energy and what am I creating and how much time do I have in the day? And did I meet all of my goals yeah. and demands that were, set by my human it's, there's a lot of control that's yeah. happening there and a lot of pushing and shoving of energy which is always creating limitation and resistance yeah and where you resist anything you resist all things mm, yeah i hear in that invitation that reframe invitation is a shift from doing to being you're really looking at how we can lean into being and how that so much of that is trusting, trusting the universe, trusting that you are enough, trusting that your light is going to shine in the perfect divine way if you allow it to shine in the perfect divine way. And what that brings up for me too is this understanding or knowing that the moon is always there in a physical form and that it's just this reflection, right, that we're getting to have this experience of. And in the same way, we're always here and we reflect different aspects of our consciousness, of our light. And so how can I find my inspiration in that as well? And that's, that's what I'm invited into. Beautiful. I love that so much. And, and uh, from a higher perspective or an invitation of, you know, that faith of knowing that everything is happening for me and, and the being versus the doing. Absolutely. Right. Cause we are beings. That is what we are. And we're human beings, which puts us into the physical aspect mm-hmm. into the third and then moving into the fifth dimension. If we want to talk about that aspect, when you move into the being and a consciousness and a frequency of, being in the present moment now and allowing everything to move to you and through you, you also move from faith Mm. into knowing. Yes. And when there's a knowing versus a faith, Mm -hmm. I have faith. I believe Mm. versus I know Mm. there is an uncertainty and and a stepping into your true essence of power 
as a being, as the God source creator that you are, Mm. really embodying that and coming into that truth of knowing. Wow. An invitation there too. Wow. How have you stepped more into knowing from, from believing or from faith? It really is a constant moving back to the truth of who you are, Mm. that I'm not the human, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that the human aspect that moves through the physical creation, you are creator within your own creation. The human aspect is your greatest creation Hmm. as a being. But to know that you are not the human, you are not the body, you are not the mind. We hear that in great philosophical teachings and and spiritual teachings. Mm -hmm. To embody that, Mm -hmm. then the truth, then you move into knowing. So it's, it's, it's a constant reminder to the, to the human aspect of yourself to love it so much, Mm -hmm. to give it so much peace, Mm -hmm. so much grace that it can let go of all control Mm -hmm. because it has none, Mm -hmm. but is the illusion. So always bringing yourself to the truth of who you are. You are God, creator, Mm -hmm. creating within your own creation. This is all here for you that you created as your playground to come and to express yourself as an individualized fractal light of God. Mm-hmm. And if you can always bring yourself to that, mm-hmm. which is a continuing of a remembering mm. your truth, you then embody the knowing. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. I'll, I'll share Personally, where I'm at in that journey towards knowing, I feel like I'm still in more of a modality of faith. There are moments where it feels like a knowing and it fluctuates, right? That there are days where it's like, maybe, and there's days where it's like, oh, yes, for sure, this is the truth. And what has given me some peace, and in a sense, it's allowed me to release uh, some need for control that could come from, I know this is true, 1000%, it's true, there's no other possibility, right? Is this idea of praying to the altar of maybe, this idea of accepting that I don't know, and this is the meaning, right? Going back to this idea that we get to assign meaning to all things, this is the meaning I'm going to give this, and this is the uh, cosmology I'm going to put my chips on, you know, this is the hand I'm going to play. And maybe it's all fake and they're not real, you know? And so what has helped me is embracing the maybe of it, releasing some of the, the need for knowing. And I also, hearing you speak about that, feel called to keep looking for ways that I can embody this knowing more. I love that so much. Um, I do not know, Mm. and that's okay. Mm -hmm. That is my mantra, right? Mm. Knowing you are creator source, for me, Mm -hmm. knowing I am creator source, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that 
I'm still in this human body with the mind mm. that is trying to process that. Yeah. It doesn't mean it gets, doesn't mean. So the knowing of that doesn't mean, you know, all things. Yeah. You, the mystery will, there's things that you will, I will never, ever know. Yeah. As long as I am in physical incarnation, whether I'm in a fifth dimension, a third dimension, my understanding fifth and above is completely non-physical, but when you're in physical incarnation, and even into a fifth dimension where you are embodying and being and knowing that you are God's source creator, you're still separate from yourself as creator. You're mm. still living in a separate dimension and a physicality that limits your ability to perceive all mm-hmm. knowing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the mystery will always be there. Gotcha. And so it's not trying to know everything or to claim you know everything by stating that you are source creator divine mm. what you know and claiming that you're god claiming that you are owning that you're god it doesn't mean that you have dominion over others it doesn't it's not power over others it's about knowing that you are worthy and that you are love mm-hmm. and that there's nothing outside of that. And that you have the ability to create your own experience outside of anybody else, mm-hmm. that you are that sovereign being of creation within your own creation. Mm-hmm. And so this not taking it to the power trip, not taking it to, I am, you know, when, if you, go with the concept and the belief and the knowing that you are God creator, then you see everyone else as God creator beings as well, which means that you are me and I am you. So now there's the unity consciousness. There is no separation, but you as a God creator being that has a contract with your soul to come here and come into incarnation into physical form are choosing when and how you want to move through your linear timeline. And it may be that you are choosing, not you specifically, but the individual is choosing to not remember the truth of who they are because of the experience and the expansion that their soul gets mm-hmm. through not remembering to have experiences of what they are not mm. and the data that that draws for them and their soul and for source God creator as that aspect that there's no right or wrong, that there's no dimension you're supposed to be in or that you were trying to escape a third dimension or trying to escape mm. or that it's important that we do remember who we are. That's not it. Those that do not remember the, the truth of who they are, and it's in their soul agreement that they choose to continue to move through their incarnation in that is perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's not wanting for somebody else's journey to be different than yeah. what it is. And so I honor that so much of, you know, 
honoring wherever you're at, any individual, and that it's perfect for you and that uh, make peace with you're never going to know everything. I do not know, and that's okay. I mean, that is what allows the human, my human, to really sometimes get through a day. Beautiful. Yeah, I love holding those things, that dichotomy at the same time, right? This, I, I am in my knowing and I do not know, and that's okay, right? Yeah, I, right. I am also praying to the altar, maybe. I'm, I'm, well, and I'm, everything that's the beauty of when you really step into these really high level concepts or perspectives, these grand perspectives, is it's a dichotomy of, of all things. Like all, it is yeah. because you're, as in the yoga tradition, it's the yoking. It is the yoke of bringing the spirit and the human physicality together as one. That is part of the coming into the knowing. Um, And in that, then there's so much dichotomy of walking in both worlds. And so the, everything kind of gets turned on its head of, you know, of what you thought would be the, the spiritual laws almost turn on to up on their heads as well. Um, just because of all the dichotomy of it. Yeah. And, and I just, I, I, again, I love that so much that um, you brought that in of, I do not know. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And the other thing that, that I appreciate from that share is when you talk about folks who aren't necessarily going to remember and being fully okay and accepting of that and recognizing it as valuable too, that that soul contract is of equal, maybe greater value in some cases, and and to not sort of place a value judgment around the folks who are just living in this physical plane and not interested or feeling drawn at all to experience or, or remember to connect with with some of these things that we like to talk about, you know, and I feel like that's an important message, especially for folks in the spiritual world to remember and to recognize in order to, to uh, stop themselves and others from the judgment that can come when we're looking at folks who have no interest in some of these conversations. And for me, it's helpful too, because I do feel like, part of my calling is to help people remember and to help people awaken to some of these truths, to the truth of who they are, for example. And it's not my calling to do that for everyone because it's not actually in the service of everyone. It's my calling to do that for the folks who are feeling drawn and and called to remember, to awaken. Those are my people. And so it's a helpful reminder that it's not about making sure that everybody gets these messages. It's just about having these messages available and having the things that I do on offer for those who it is calling towards. I resonate with that so much. Um, that is a truth and a knowing for me and what you're saying. I mean, that rings just so true for me. And um, I love that. And, and one of the aspects, like the way that I frame that is, um, you know, I, I am here to live my best life, to be embodied for what it is to live my truth in my knowing. Mm-hmm. 
for what truth is to have that come in and be a master creator and to really own that and to come into the highest state of consciousness of knowing of the truth of who I am. And that vibration frequency emits and that will call in all souls that are waiting for the signal Mm -hmm. that will trigger them into awakening. I don't need to seek them Mm -hmm. and they may or may not be seeking out the, the lighthouse, if you will, the light, the frequency. It is a soul agreement. It's a soul contract that we made in the non-physical when we agreed to come into this grand experiment or game mm-hmm. that we are in. And then did we choose to, how, how did we move with our soul agreements with our human aspect in, the, in this thing called free will? That's the experiment, if you will, in the way that I view to see things in, the, in this game. And so the free will and, and um, am I moving through some of the free will choices and the aspects of what I can allow? And am I moving through to the fears of being seen that will then, you know, allow people to be able to, to be recognized by the frequency that I am here as a guide. I mean, I do bill myself as a spiritual guide. Right. And so that's an archetype that myself as a spirit with my soul in the Akashic records created this agreement for me to come here and, and to live that out. And, and so you would, many people would be like, well, then you're here to, to heal and to fix people. Mm. No, I'm not here to fix a broken world because it's perfect. Mm. Exactly how it is. I'm here to play an archetype. Hmm. to play and to be all that I can be and have that resonate. And for then those that are drawn to that beautiful, we were talking in the, uh, in a community that I'm in earlier today, we were talking about this exact topic and about, do you just hold space and not let people be miserable or do you go and really help them to be able to come and become awakened? Hmm. And, um, And my view on that was, you know, if somebody's coming to you with their problems, Mm -hmm. there's the opportunity Mm -hmm. to bring them a higher level of perspective. Mm -hmm. Now, what they do with that, you have no concern. Mm -hmm. That's their free will. That is their soul agreements. That's their contracts. Mm -hmm. Um, As soon as you wish for somebody's journey to be different than it is, that means you're entangling your energy with theirs. It's the fastest way to take you out of your high level of consciousness. Because mm. so you are resisting. Time. Say that one more time. The sooner you resist. Yeah, exactly. Say it one more time. The, the, as soon as you are wishing for another's journey to be different than it is, uh, you are entangling your energy in their low level of consciousness journey which is perfect. There's nothing wrong with being in low level consciousness. Let them be there. They have free will, their creator gods, and they have their agreement on how that will be. Now, 
it may be that you planted a seed or it may be that you gave them a grand awakening right in that moment, but you don't have an intention or a, a thing that whether or not you did your thing that you, it's not up to you. You just be the light. So we use this example of being like a, a lighthouse, right? I'm like, be the lighthouse, be the lighthouse on the shore. When the ship comes close and he needs your light to guide him out away from the, the forgetting of who he is, the shore, the rocks. Awesome. But don't be the lighthouse that's out there moving out, trying to find all the boats out into the sea, yeah. trying to guide them because right. there's no the purpose in here that. at the shore. That's not <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And so it is, but I love that you really hooked on to that mm-hmm. is wishing for somebody else's journey to be different yeah. than it is, is only taking you out of your high state of consciousness. Mm-hmm. You're entangling now because you are, resisting any time you resist anything or are in judgment, you're basically in judgment of their creation and you're judging the feelings, the emotions, the experiences. You want them to have a different experience. You want them to be in joy. You want them to be in peace. You want them to be in good health. You want all of these things for them. And yes, from a human aspect and from a heart aspect, that's really, really beautiful, but Creation is beautiful in all its forms. And so this really comes into that of, are you judging? Got a squeaky chair. Are you judging? Are you removing yourself out of judgment and really allowing everything to be exactly as it is? Because then you're in peace. And when you're in peace, you get to move into power as your creator. And now you get to choose what you want to draw to you more of not what you're in lack of versus manifestation versus creation and often creating that flow for them too when we're able to accept them for where they are while also still shining our light it can serve as a access point of flow you know what the the sort of like pedestrian uh example comes to mind of like the, the mom who wants their kid to do something so badly and is so is pushing them and pushing them and not accepting them for who they are because she wants something different. And rather than it helping them achieve what she wants them to achieve, it actually causes, you know, a, a rebellion and for them to go opposite direction. And I just think it's such an important reminder, this, this invitation to accept folks where they're at on their journey while still being a lighthouse for change, a source of wisdom and inspiration, a, a, a beacon of, of hope. But again, holding this dichotomy that they are perfect where they are and I'm going to provide what I can while still accepting them for where they are at on their journey, holding those two things true at the same time. And I think it's a especially important message for folks who are in the personal growth industry, who are in the spiritual development space to hear and to be reminded that it is a disservice to our clients and often a a disservice to ourselves when we aren't in that full state of acceptance, which gives us that state of peace, which gives us the state of power. So beautifully said. Love that so much. And I really love that you brought in the parent and child dynamic 
and here we are sitting as gay men talking about <laughs> what parents and their children should be should be doing. But the level of peace that that can bring a parent and a child, and we we are we have parents and we have been children, so we do we do have some uh, understanding around this. Because you know, one of the big things you know, like working with clients, a lot of them are parents or um, working with people who are drawn to me this thing about their children and as the human aspect, I get that, like how you want the best for them and you want to be able to guide them and you, and all of that. But this thing of what we're talking about is that everyone is creator within their own creation. Everyone is master. Everyone is divine. Everyone is God. Everyone is source, the spark of light, whatever you want to call it including your small child mm-hmm. is a master mm-hmm. and it remembers that more than you do. Mm-hmm. And it is your molding and imprinting your fears and beliefs and all of this that are pulling that remembering of their power away from them to where if you are to just hold the space of love and to see them as powerful beings and that to know that they draw everything to them that they will ever need to create their highest good and that of what they already agreed to experience from a soul level Mm -hmm. that will best serve them and the whole of humanity, Mm -hmm. then you really can live in peace. Mm -hmm. And to know that this child creator manages and draws to it everything it needs to draw to it. You are just there to continue to embody and continue to reinforce that it is pure love, power, source, creation, master, and not to remove any of that, not to imprint any of the limitations of the human aspect that we've been recycling Yes. For thousands and thousands of years. That is how you can break that cycle mm-hmm. is to know your child is the, is a master, is, wow. is creator within its own creation. That is a, a, a definitely a courageous invitation for, for a parent to pick up. And I love it. I mean, I think that it's about, again, trusting and accepting and allowing. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> That's exciting. I mean, I just imagine what the impact would be if, if you know, tons of parents embrace that approach. And so actually, let me use this as a segue, because ever since you mentioned at the very top of the interview that you were raised Wiccan, I've been curious about that. And so we're talking about how people are raised. So please share a little mm-hmm. bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so... Um... I always like to say I was kind of raised by a village, if you will. So um, I have always sought out new experiences. And so, you know, born in the early 70s, moving through the 80s, 90s, latchkey kids. You know, our moms were just getting ready, you know, allowed to go into the workforce. So, um, you know, and, and they are humans that are coming into their own awareness of what they are and figuring out 
the best way to get to death, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, it wasn't so much awakening. It was more about how do I live? How do I, how do I get, get my bigger? groceries and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And so a lot of limitation in that. And so as we are those that are light workers, uh, way showers, we come in kind of awakened. So we're continually looking for environments or like frequencies that we can have environments within. So I was that seeker, not that there was anything wrong at home. My parents are still married. They're still together. I have a beautiful relationship with them. It's absolutely amazing. But I was always seeking out other families and parents and, and end up at, you know, some, uh, another kid at school I meet and I end up at their house, you know, and they're like, how did this kid get to our house? <laughs> because I'm just following the energy and the light as a kid. I've kind of always done that. So that led me to, when I was in fourth grade, I tripped my really good friend, Stephanie, who is my friend in fourth grade. And um, she is very um, theatrical. So she is falling and runs and trips and you know the little keyhole in the jam not the keyhole but the the hole in the jam of the door where the the thing goes in she managed to get her nose caught into that and break it oh my god and i'll never forget because her bloody nose and she's wearing her brand new et shirt Oh, God. And E.T. got bloody nose on it, too. She's like, E.T.'s got a bloody nose. And then all oh, we laughed and cried and everything. Well, I got sent to the principal's office for that. And so did Stephanie. And um, Stephanie's mom had to come in. But for some reason, my parents didn't have to. But it was probably going to be about what Stephanie's mom was going to say. So I meet Judy, Stephanie's mom, on that day. And... Um, there was this connection between Judy and I, like we'd known each other forever. And she just looked at the principal and she was like, there's no problem here. Send them back to class. And my relationship from that point forward began um, with Judy and Stephanie and Judy was a witch. Wow. And Judy was a part of then my raising and I was at their house almost more than I was at my own house mm-hmm. from that point um, forward. It was exaggeration in that, but that was more of the household and understanding. Mm-hmm. When I say she was a witch, this isn't somebody who decided to explore and find out about witchcraft and start dressing in black. And this goes back as far back on their female lineage as you can go back. And the book of shadows that was bound in this leather that was so old with this onion skin paper with, with spells that go back that were, it, this was, an authentic Wiccan witch experience and being raised in the, the knowledge and the deep wisdom of Wicca and, and the exploration and 
And we would sit around a kitchen table and I was always respected as an adult and as a witch. She recognized me as a very powerful being. And it opened up my mind to not limitation and to understand energy from a very early age and that energy could be summoned, energy could be manipulated. Now, it also was that inner that 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 power and energy was outside of you and that you were using herbs and da 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 and also that how you use energy what are you using energy for what are you summoning and there were aspects of that that i could watch and witness about the reverberation mm-hmm. of energy when it is being summoned not of love Mm-hmm. And so I learned so much. And it also taught me what, what, what it wasn't, what it, how it wasn't absolute truth, that it was more a small T truth in the aspect of how Wicca kind of uses itself. Now, there's so much truth that is so much of the highest wisdom as well. Um, you know, the cycles, the moon, the, um, the horned one, when the horned one comes out, when the horned one goes in, um, and the dynamics of the power and the cycle and all of that, um, it's really honoring the feminine and the masculine energies. It's, there was so much I got out of it and, and I learned from it. But then there were aspects that could go even higher mm-hmm. that, you know, what I was learning in that wasn't in Wicca, it is about control mm-hmm. and pushing and shoving energy to get what you want in mm-hmm. mm-hmm. high levels of consciousness, of spirituality, of being God source creator, there is only love Mm -hmm. and there is no forcing, pushing energy anywhere that creates resistance. It is to be in absolute flow. Now it doesn't mean that you can't be Wicca and witch and be of the very highest concepts of what we're discussing here. But so much of the time I find that it, it, it doesn't often transcend into what we're speaking or what we've been speaking about earlier. But that is how I came to experience and to know Wicca from a very early age and to come into, that was the first really big expansion of consciousness that was removing me out of some of the limited concepts of Christianity. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I love that your entry, your foray into it was a, a bleeding alien. <laughs> <laughs> Me tripping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me yeah. tripping, my friend. So, yeah, um, how all of that kind of transpired and came out. Fascinating. Yeah. And so then I'm curious about your queer story because we really haven't touched on, on queerness because we've gotten so deep into the, the woo conversation. I love it. It's about perhaps 
how your queerness impacted your journey with spirit and just your thoughts on queerness and spirituality and sort of where those two worlds collide or intersect. Yeah. um, I knew from a very early age, I knew from when I was about five years old Mm. and on. Um, I had a sister that was 10 years older than me and a brother five years older than me. Mm -hmm. So the age gap didn't really allow camaraderie. So it was kind of like having a single child experience, but having siblings. And because they were that much older than me, uh, you know, I kind of idolized my sister and my brother, but the, the dynamic of energy didn't match. I was a very effeminate young boy and my brother is a very masculine and very masculine person. We east side Des Moines, Iowa, you know, all of the things that you can imagine. And, um, and I remember watching TV and how my sister could always say like girls were pretty and this and that. And we were watching TV and I was five years old and there was a guy on TV and I'm like, he's cute. He's cute. And my sister's like, what? And my brother's like, you're a fag, you're a fag, you know, and kind of like kicking me across the room, like get away kind of thing. And not, there's, you know, no animosity there, anything totally understandable. You know, my brother would be 10, my sister would be 15 in the environment, everything we were in. But that, you know, that served me in a very big way in my journey of coming into the understanding and the truth of who I am. And I knew then that being gay was perceived as being bad. So that created a journey for me of, of an imprint that I carried with me around the guilt and shame of being gay from a very early age. But I think that also put me on a quest to seek out like frequency people that I could be surrounded with who would accept me. And so that was amazing. And this aspect of love Mm. and what is love and how being gay or queer has served me in that, that journey, Mm -hmm. that this, thing of the contracts we have with parents or siblings or society, culture and neighborhoods, Mm -hmm. dynamics of aspects of how um, subsets of culture respond and how we look outside ourselves for relationships to validate that we are worthy of love Mm -hmm. or that we attach to what is love but relationships that are external outside of ourselves. And that imprinting of I wasn't getting that externally and really in, I didn't feel at that time as a youth in any of my external, so it, it was a quest. And not really ever really getting it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't feel worthy of it from a very early experience. So, of course, that frequency was going to emit my physical experience back mm-hmm. of not receiving love from the outside. But the way that that has served me is I had to go inward mm-hmm. to really 
come to the truth of who I am, that I am love, that love is a state of being, not anything that is external in the reflection of a relationship or some person or thing outside of me that makes me feel love or feel loved, that it is a state of being. And that created that journey and that truth and that experience for me to find the truth of who I am. Mm. And being queer and being gay was absolutely instrumental in that. And so it's just served me in such a really beautiful, grand way. And it has been my relationships in love that have been so instrumental in showing my self-worth or the lack thereof. (laughs) The way those have shown up for me in my journey. Um, that has, you know, up to this moment in, in this present moment in time of having an understanding of that I am love mm-hmm. and that I am really stepping into my self-worth mm-hmm. and what am I worthy of, that I am worthy of having it all and coming to the understanding of the frequency that I emit based upon the truth and the knowing of who I am versus what I believed myself to be through those experiences that led me on my grand journey on this Mm -hmm. grand experience. Mm, And that's how my queerness has served me so beautifully. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I love hearing is that I, I definitely resonate uh, in my own story and in the story of so many queer folks that I've spoken to about this very early, for most of us, invitation to look at our truths, to explore our truths. And in a sense, it's demanded of us in a way that it's not demanded of our hetero counterparts, because for them, they can look outside of themselves and see like, oh, so my truth is this heteronormative paradigm that I'm shown in the media, I'm shown, you know, everywhere I look in my parents model of what is life, you know, and then for us queer folks, it's not as obvious, especially back when we were raised, you know, I was was born in the late 70s. So similar timeline, where I didn't see it in TV shows, I didn't see it in movies, I didn't know about that possibility of, of life. And so I was forced and it was demanded upon me to ask myself, is this thing that I'm seeing out here who I am and who I'm meant to be? And when my answer kept coming up, no, I was given this invitation, this voluntold or forced invitation to analyze and assess and to explore and to discover who I actually am that I'm not seeing out here. And so, but what I love about that is because that indicates a a journey of perhaps personal growth and self-awareness that a lot of my hetero counterparts weren't necessarily called into at quite an early age. And some never are called into because they can just keep modeling or keep doing what is modeled in front of them. 
But what I love about your story is that it takes it a, a level deeper in that if I'm truly going to experience the truth of who I am, I'm, I'm going to, yes, one layer of that onion is going to be like, oh, actually, I like cock or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and, but then keep going. If I keep on that journey of who am I really, who am I really, who am I really, then it gets to these spiritual viewpoints. And I, I, I share that truth that ultimately what's in the core of that onion that I'm peeling is love. And the spiritual principle of we are love. I am love. You are love. And it is all love. Um, so yeah, I, I really appreciate that 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 it started perhaps from who am I? Wait, this is not right. That I'm saying this guy's cute on TV, and then it going all the way to this deep spiritual knowing. Yes. Because you know, honestly, that's a rejection of love. Queers are rejected in love for that of what we have a sexual desire for culturally and around the globe, (laughs) you know, um, religiously. And so that is, for me, that's what, yes, you know, wanting to suck cock is bad, but it also was, you're not worthy of love. You were told that it was bad. You were told that you're not worthy of love. Yeah. So you're not worthy of love. And so then it was really, what is love? Mm-hmm. And then, because it, then it comes down to, well, if when you really go on that journey, mm-hmm. you, there's no way you cannot be worthy of love because you are mm-hmm. love. And yeah. all those heteros, they got gypped out on the shortcut yeah. to knowing that they are love. We got a fast track, mm-hmm. you know, when we were that forced invitation, if you will, right? Um, or that really beautiful opportunity yeah. Yeah. to the fast track of knowing to the truth of who I am. We, I, in my belief system is I chose those parents, yeah. chose those siblings, mm-hmm. I chose those uh, families within my ecosystem of a neighborhood, school systems, and that for those experiences to have the fast track and to come into being a way shower, the light worker, the whatever it is, it, it, it's all perfect. This is when we really step back from it all and say, man, how perfect how all this is mm-hmm. from me breaking Stephanie's nose, mm-hmm. tripping her to, you know, going on down the line to me having that first boyfriend that I met and the experience that we went through it at the time was the worst thing you could move through. And I look back now at the absolute perfectness mm-hmm. and that is that piece of when we, no matter what we're in the present moment now of, is that it's all perfect. Mm-hmm. It's all perfect. Yeah. Let me move back into peace. Mm-hmm. Whatever is going on here right now that my human is creating a story around is resisting. Mm-hmm. Let me breathe. Take those three deep breaths like you guided us 
beautifully um, earlier. Take those three deep breaths, drop down from my head and into my heart, and know that this is perfect right here, right now. And as I move into that peace, now I'm moving into my power. And I recognize my power. And I know that whatever I'm experiencing, I don't want to experience that anymore. Fine. Let that be. What do I want to experience? What do I want to create or have more of that I love and appreciate now? And I am in peace. I am in my power. I am creator. So now I will summon the energy to move the infinite particles of creation into that of what I do want to experience. Mm. And that is a, a beautiful, that is the story of, of for me, being queer. Mm-hmm. That is what that story is. And I can use that in any given moment, in any given day, mm. at any time, mm. to be able to create more of what we want of. Mm. Not through lack, but through what I want more of. And what a gift it is for us queer folks. And, and as with all gifts, there's an opportunity to share these gifts. And, yeah. and I feel a, a calling to celebrate and embrace that. We, we get to share that gift with, with the world. We, we are called to share that gift with the world. Yeah. Absolutely. And I must say your, your ability to create a, a space, a safe space and a platform for someone like myself to come on and um, feel so free and liberated to, to, to speak and to share the, the belief systems that I have what I believe to be knowings, <laughs> but you know, they, anybody else can, is going to, you know, whatever your belief systems, but, um, and to be able to feel so comfortable and a place that really allows this to flow through me mm-hmm. and to you. Right. Um, and to anyone who's going to find this video, it's mm-hmm. such, a, it is a really beautiful uh, mm-hmm. place. And, um, a platform that you're creating for this to occur. Um, this has been a really great experience for me. So thank you. Thank you. Likewise, it's been a, a beautiful experience for me and I feel honored to be able to share your, your deep wisdom, your beautiful gifts and uh, anything else you'd like to, to leave us with. You've already given us so much, but anything else? Um, I am you. You are me and we are love. That's what I would say. Um, And just uh, be, be you, be all that you are. Call in all aspects of yourself, all aspects of yourself and honor that, honor your authenticity and just shine, shine your light and be all that you can be because it is just pure love. 
Mm, beautiful. Like that full moon we're moving towards. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and these beautiful intentions we set on this new moon uh, for what is coming into the full creation. I love oh. it. Thank you, sorcerer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, this has been so fun. Oh my goddess, beloveds, what a joy it was to be with you today. Let's hang out again soon, okay? Sending so much love and light your way today and every day. Until next time, peace.